to whoever might be listening, this is a podcast about making a magazine. It would have been good if I had worked out an intro for this. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Intros often, often make the podcast. Instead, that will have to do. Um, <laughs> so this is a bonus episode because right now we are in a period of submissions. So we're mostly waiting both for people to submit their work and people who are already kind of working on things that will be included in the magazine. We're talking to them about editing, all sorts of things. So there's really no, there's not enough progress to fill a whole episode on the actual Pandora issues. So I thought it would be interesting to look at a different magazine, see some of the things that we're, we're looking at for our issue, how it's been done elsewhere. I'm here with Will and Anna, who run a magazine that has three issues so far, and it's print. Would one of you want to kind of introduce it? <laughs> like what the That's magazine a, is? Always the key question. Um, yeah, so... You don't have to pitch it, it's already out. So it's, just it's, <laughs> it's already there, it's, yeah. in, it's in stores, wherever, yeah. wherever you live, probably. Exactly. Um, no, so we uh, run a print magazine called Yeska. Uh, it's uh, arts and culture from Eastern Europe. Um, we basically a platform for young and emerging talent as well as some more established talent but it's uh, hoping and and what we feel like we've achieved in the last few issues is giving a place for an area of the world that's often kind of overlooked and unexplored in the creative industries and kind of bringing that to the fore um, you know we're obviously based in London um, we see all sorts of talent here, but we also know that back in Eastern Europe, you know, we started off focusing mainly on Latvia. Um, yeah, because essentially one of, we work as a duo uh, with contributors, I guess. And the reason we went on journey together, I guess, is because we saw the potential, but didn't kind of feel like it was translating into the creative industry in London. And we decided to do print because print, again, is just, in our opinion, the superior medium. Yes. Um, well, it's just it. No, it's, it's, it's just a tangible and lasting element of it that yeah. for us was uh, because I'm a photographer. You're, you know, also a graphic designer, graphic designer yeah. and motion editor, and it's something for us that is so so magical about it. And we wanted to create something that people, you know, can keep in their shelves yeah, yeah. for long term. So, so you know, it was we could always have done just online, online, online. We decided not to. I think one of the one of the key reasons for choosing print as the platform um, for this project was very much that idea of because we're focusing on an area that's often unfocused on we want to almost force people to pay attention mm. and it's so easy to you know start an instagram account and yeah. be like hey let's share this work from these people but at the end of the day like someone with the best intention can find that account come across it and be like great I'd love I'd love to know more and then they press the follow button and then what happens is over the next few months the algorithm takes over the algorithm takes over yes. and they they see that post and the first few times they're like oh yeah this is really cool like I'm going to read the caption I'm going to do that and eventually it just becomes another thing that's scrolled past um, and if you know you get to a point where you have this print article it's 
it's the kind of thing that you know you you just sit down with, you flip through the pages, and you're forced to absorb it because it's not just uh, some ephemeral you know image with a little caption and a few tags. It's it's something that you can tell time has been invested in, yeah. effort's been invested in, and and it really hopefully kind of becomes this article and this object that people kind of revere uh, in a way. Um, and you know, it's it's hopefully one of those those magazines that is a real kind of coffee table staple. It, it sits there, you're proud to display it, and, and yes. you also take something from it yeah. more than you would get from, you know, double tapping an image. Yeah, this is very interesting because you basically talked about two things, which is, the focus of the magazine, the niche, the Eastern mm. Europe kind of uh, interest that it has in bringing attention to those artists uh, in London and also elsewhere, mm. too. And then the other thing is print, where your answer went is to this attention economy. Mm. I didn't set up at all, but you went straight <laughs> no, into the see, Let me see those notes, I'm, I'm sure. The, the, notes are covered, <laughs> the notes are in my hand and Will cannot see them, but there's nothing in the notes about anything that has to do with what I'm working on. Mm. And yet you, you were talking about things that we are working on. Yeah. One aspect of our magazine is physical media versus digital media. Uh, so in the case of a magazine, it will be print, but also we're thinking about music and mm -hmm. you know, all sorts of uh, art forms. And another thing we're talking about is this attention. So when the d difference you described between having a print magazine in yeah. your hands and the double tapping and yeah, yeah. The, the, the fact that you can follow. And also an interesting thing that's been happening in the last few years is that an Instagram account that reposts other people's photos with a hashtag and a niche, mm. it's a magazine, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. even the very concept of a magazine has kind of yeah. changed. The definition of, of what a yeah. magazine can be has and been warped, yeah. So we're coming from different uh, starting points where mm. you, I think you had a very clear early decision about print, whereas when I started Pandora, uh, mostly because I had no budget. Uh, yeah. Not that I do. No one starts a magazine with <laughs> nobody, a budget. Nobody starts with a budget and nobody makes money. No, <laughs> no, no one gets into magazines for money anymore. Yeah. But for me, I was still a student. I had no money at all. Mm. And I also didn't have... I didn't have as clear of an idea as what this magazine was supposed to be as you had mm. when you started. And I think the first note I have in here, which again, you cannot see, uh, <laughs> is about the very beginning, like mm. the period between we don't have a magazine and we uh, we don't like, no one has thought of, hey, let's make, make a magazine. Mm. And the moment where you're like, what should a magazine be about, or however the conversation mm. went. So that's what I'm interested in, firstly. I think that's that's definitely more uh, an Anna kind of response. Yeah. No, it, it was an interesting beginning, I guess, because it, it started as a lot of things do, a wine-fueled conversation in a room with two other artists and creatives who are exactly the kind of people we ended up representing in our, like, further on work. Our magazine also got his name when 
uh, both of like me and the other founder mm. were drunk. That's yeah. why. But yes, so you were with uh, kind of yeah, like-minded two, people, right? Two like-minded people, and we're talking about, I guess, scenes and and, and projects we could potentially do, and and, and again. To, to me, I guess, and I started talking about them, but like, what about doing something about, I guess, you, exactly, you're under, underrepresented, and what, mm. you know, what can we make of that, like, what can we do about it, and then we started talking, and then I came to Will with the idea, like, not so long after, and, I, yeah, I can barely remember, like, I think the idea when we actually first discussed it was in, in Eastern Europe, in Latvia, where I'm, I'm originally from, um, and then we kind of made a decision, okay, let's do something about it. We were in the midst of kind of the culture and the people that we wanted to kind of um, leave a platform to, so it was easy to kind of see the concept. Mm. However, obviously coming back to London, uh, it was about making it real, which is completely different than, you know, yeah. the idea is always almost, this sounds bizarre, but the idea is almost the easiest part because yeah. you're kind of like, yeah, this is amazing, let's do this. Okay, but then how do you do it? And we came from a, I guess, starting point with absolutely no knowledge. Mm -hmm. We're complete idiots. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> in the best possible way, it's like, yeah, and, and people have said this like, multiple times that like with creating any kind of project especially with uh, something like um, as ambitious to be fair as a full magazine mm -hmm. you just it serves you well not to know what you're doing yeah. because you have to have such kind of ambition and stupidity combined to be willing to do it yeah, yeah, because yeah. if you knew what it would entail you, you just would wouldn't uh, I, just... I agree with that if like I I have learned a lot of things doing this mm -hmm. and if I knew all of these things in the beginning I would have done something else yeah, yeah. and it's like it, it is one of those things where it's like that idiom of like you know you have to learn from your mistakes is, is mm -hmm. so true when it comes to making a, an independent magazine because yeah if you if you considered like okay it's gonna cost however many thousands of pounds or euros mm -hmm. to print a couple of hundred copies of this yep. thing yeah you would look at it and you would go, okay, we need advertisers in order to cover the cost of that printing and cover the cost of, say, a writer or a photographer or whatever. And then you'd be like, okay, I need to get these advertisers. How do I get them? I need to show them a finished product, but I can't finish the product without... Because the I need the money yeah. first, yes. Unfortunately, like, yeah. It's you, a snake that it's its own tail. But also, yeah. like, I think it's probably impossible to get advertisers without them without have, like proving to them that they'll get their money's worth yeah. meaning you will get them enough visibility or yeah, yeah? and it's a, mm. i think in in some very specific instances you, you you can kind of achieve that with the first issue particularly if you're someone who is starting the magazine and you already have a, a reputation within a certain yes. field yes yeah. exactly. and then you kind of already have this impact if you've got fifty thousand instagram followers and you're like really well known in a certain and creative field and people respect your opinion and you say hey I'm doing a magazine hmm. you're guaranteed like 500 pre-orders at least yeah, and, and then the advertiser will know game. like great we, we're gonna get in front of the eyeballs of people who yes. care about this person who already has that credibility um, I think we we came into it and we just 
fell our way through the entire first issue development process. Uh, everything from how the fuck do we find talent mm-hmm. to feature, yeah. how do we convince, not just like convince them to give us their work and, and let us show it, but also, you know, how do we convince stores that we're something that's, that's yes. worth uh, stocking? Yes. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it was a, being completely honest, it was a bit of kind of stars aligning that we knew someone who worked at a magazine and they put us in touch with a distributor and oh, that distributor, nice. you know, kind of took a chance on us and was like, all right, yeah, we reckon we can get you in these stores and it, it kind of snowballed and mm. we had a lot of different moving parts that, again, if we had if we had known the amount of like time and effort oh, yeah, and absolutely. chaos that would be involved, we probably would have been like, you know what, we'll just keep posting on Instagram. This is uh, more than yeah, enough. Yeah, exactly. Well, just... you, you kind of touched on two questions that I have notes on. Uh, but firstly, I want to know in the beginning. So by beginning, I mean working towards issue one. Hmm. So that's the period I'm talking about. Are you, or were you kind of juggling all these questions at the same time, or did you create like a step-by-step, like first we're gonna do content and then we're gonna worry about how we get uh, to print or how we get it on the shelf? Was it balanced? Actually, yeah, no, it was step-by-step for sure. Step-by-step. Yeah, yeah, because I think we took one thing at a time. We're like, first, yeah. okay, let's let's make this issue, like it sounds so, basic I guess but it was like okay let's make this issue okay we need talent so it was a big binge of research like mm-hmm. so we find the talent on a feature great okay we found it then yep. we reach out to people and like I think we had in the beginning we definitely had or was that later on like later on we were working in spreadsheets like last issue we were like yeah. extremely organized. in the beginning I'm wondering I think it was more just like notes in a notebook yeah yeah stage one you know stage two it was very very unorganized in the best sense like I'm still working with notebooks know. by the way yeah. I, have, I have three notebooks full only with magazine stuff I can and, see them out of your and <laughs> three different uh, because uh, I also work with um, a lot of people who are like in different countries yeah so we work a lot with um google drive yeah uh, icloud drives and a series of unintelligible emails and yeah so i have three different folders uh, on my google drive and one different one on my iCloud drive. I don't know what's where. Yeah. We have like thousands of photos from I don't even know when. So it's like it's still chaotic. Yeah. And spreadsheets is they bec- they become your best friend. Yeah. Like, it's not it's- necessary. It's not because mm. we love them per se. It's because at one point it just it's got so right? chaotic that yeah. it got necessary. You, you, you have to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to go there in terms of like if you want to actually. So in the beginning, I think it was like a lot of motivation. Yeah, we got it done because like also I think at that point we had less work 
maybe in our in our evenings in our, in our weekends maybe this was our focus and yeah. like by issue three we also had a lot of other jobs in evenings and weekends and like our workload had amplified and then oh yeah it becomes even more important that it's extremely organized to go forward like in the beginning also there was no other pressure than the one we put on ourselves yeah but it was definitely like in, in terms of answering your question it was definitely like a process where like okay let's find the, the people we want to feature then it's like oh yeah let's find how we're actually going to print it mm. um, the social media we started quite early more or less like mm. way before we knew who's going to be in it because yes. we really wanted to establish it uh, we had a strategy that kind of worked for us which mm. is uh, engage and no yeah more or less engage and repost from the people who you want to appeal to yes I think that's a very good idea and I, th I think we were somewhat lucky because obviously now we, we have expanded our, our scope to cover kind of Eastern Europe and, and the creative scene there, but we did very much start off focusing on, on Latvia. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember, you know, by our, by our second issue, we were um, working with, with more people and, and there was one illustrator who I was talking to called uh, Inguna and she told me about the first time she heard about Jeska. Mm. And it was while we were doing our first issue. Mm. And because we had such a narrow focus, obviously, we also then naturally built a kind of... Uh, community. A community that mm. was really focused on this one place. So, you know, there were, there were people kind of beginning to follow us and I guess, you know, we would repost something of theirs and then th they would share it and then their mm -hmm. friends would see it and, and there was almost like this mystique around like, oh, who, who is this like Yeah, Esca? but that we've heard a lot, like yeah. uh, in the last, uh, I guess, few years we heard a lot, like people had no idea who we are because we were coming from a place where we were representing a community that we were not a part of, if that makes sense. Like we were a part of it right, with so our- Right, so early. Yeah, it was our, Yes. And we were like, with, with our minds and souls, I guess, we were part of it. But <laughs> yeah. like, they had no idea who we were. We just know who they were. Yeah, yeah. And everyone was like, who are these babies like, in Latvia, for example, the creative community is very small. Mm. So everyone knows who everyone is. It's, it's a bit like, I don't know, like, you know, you take a certain part of London and, you know, you you know what everything yeah, yeah. is around there. And it's like, it's the same thing, like everything's quite small. So like, we were complete outsiders and we kind of like, just went into it and kind of like shook it up. And people were like, who are they, right? Like, what what do they think they're doing again? Like, it was just a bit of a weird, but, but it kind of worked. That's nice. Yeah. Like, like, I wasn't there, of course, but like the way, the way you describe it, like, I feel mm. like, that's what you would want, right? Like maybe even without realizing, like... Yeah, yeah. no, but it, it made sense also because like obviously we wanted the best, so it wasn't, you know, coming, it, it, the, the approach was like, honestly, we want to like, you don't know it, but we want to show you to the world. And yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it, it, was, it was one of those things where it's like, it could very, it could very easily have been done by people who maybe just came at it from a exploitative angle where mm. they're like all right great there's this pool of talent we'll mm. we'll tap into it get advertisers make a profit and then then leave them be and i think because there's the the, the personal connection mm. obviously like anna comes from from latvia and yeah 
we have made a real effort in everything we do to kind of be as collaborative and supportive with people as possible. So we, you know, we did, for example, with the second issue, we did a um, collaboration with an illustrator um, and produced kind of some t-shirts and jumpers. And with that, we were like, we want to work with you, use our platform mm. and our name to sell merch, which is great yeah. for us. And but, for them. Yeah, for them. it's a 50% like split on, on anything made. And, mm. you know, even now we're, we're kind of moving into a stage where we've had the third issue out and we're beginning to work on some, you know, kind of projects as a creative studio and Obviously, we reach out to other people, but when we're, you know, approached and somebody needs an illustrator or a photographer or a video editor or whatever, as much as we can, we want to draw on that talent that we've built through the magazine. That was always the plan, right? And it's like, and and that's a full circle and it's completely off topic, sorry. But it's like, it is a a full circle with, I guess, what we wanted to do. So today, for example, without going into detail, we had a meeting with one of our contributors mm-hmm. and we were more or less essentially offering her a well-paid, like, freelance job, Freelance right? job with, yeah. with some long-term opportunities yeah. if all goes well. And, and it's because of... Was it in the scope of the magazine or...? No, it's completely... Completely separate. separate. So it, okay, yeah. it's, it's all to do with um, a project to do with a, a kind of... Uh, us as a creative yeah, yeah. studio I guess more like but, but it's, uh, our goal was always like the, the day our kind of project gives opportunities to people to make money or like to actually give them real job that's when we know we succeed in what we want to do because yeah because it's, it, it goes beyond the just printing some mm. printing mm. their work and get, it's getting it yeah. to whoever to, buys the magazine but it's, it's actually like giving them a real it's job. more holistic mm. kind of like yeah the print um, the print becomes a platform to almost yeah, the print is just part of it it's yeah. like part of a bigger whole like mm. the, the way that's how I understand it from the way you speak about it oh yeah yeah, yeah. no there's, there's much more to the, the, the print is just a, it's a medium and it's a part of it yeah. our mission is actually quite bigger than that it's like it's to give people who are I guess I don't know, yeah, wouldn't have that opportunity otherwise, we want to fight for them. Which is ironic because like we don't come from, I guess, like when we began we didn't, like again back to the beginning, we didn't come from like big shoes or like big agency or yeah. like oh we're the big people who want to give back, we're actually, we're literally the smallest people ever. Mm. Um, so which makes it ironic that we wanted to amplify other people. And yeah, I, I really get what you mean. Amplifying but, ourselves. Yeah, in, in, no, no, but like, in, we obviously amplified ourselves in the process, yeah. but not as much. Like, ironically, I think like, and I think, I don't know, like for us, it's been like, in terms of understanding everything, it's almost like freaking hell. Like one thing we've learned is that we definitely can find talent. Yeah, because yeah. like most of the people that we've initially featured that have been willing to feature with a completely unknown platform have now two years later definitely gone on to do amazing things yeah and we are not claiming any kind of like oh you you did those amazing things because you were with us but it's very very exciting the fact that we kind of could see that talent and and then they one way or another maybe as chain yeah. events maybe not 
went on to do amazing things and like that was for us like the bigger goal hmm. and like I think maybe we should have actually wanted to amplify ourselves more than we did and I think that's hmm. something we're still working on because like hmm. a lot of people get into this to be like I'm an amazing something I'm gonna make an amazing yeah. publication to show how amazing I am hmm. and I wish that kind of that's what we did because it would be better for us if that makes sense but it's like for us it was actually about amplifying other people I, I, oh it was it was the same like <laughs> maybe in episode two mm. where so episode two of this podcast was uh or three we were talking about the different ideas that we had so there is an overarching theme of our magazine and then we were trying to identify the sub themes right because i we thought that the overarching theme of choice applies to very well to, to a lot of different aspects of your life so we were talking about uh, subscription models we were mm. talking about uh, print versus mm. uh, digital we were talking about clothes and fast fashion mm. so all these things are separate but linked to, to the overarching idea so we were talking about what we thought about each of them and then we need to find people who can really write about these things mm. because we can sit here and talk about this all day long and yeah, yeah. I love it yeah. like I, I love it because it makes like, the exchange podcast of, content <laughs> I don't know like the first thing I said on the podcast was that welcome to the podcast that no one's gonna listen to so <laughs> definitely not doing it for that I'm doing it because I love exchanging ideas mm. but at the end of the day I do also want to find people mm. that have the same interests and that has worked out and mm. my favorite thing I think like you are going to uh, recognize it in, from your experience, but every time I approach someone, either for um, as a contributor or generally because it's a like it's a friend, and I'm telling them like this is what I'm working on. Uh, I tell them what it's about, and everyone goes like, oh, that's very interesting, and then they start telling me their own story about how they relate to it, and that's my yeah. favorite moment. You were talking about, uh, you know, amplifying the voices of mm -hmm. the people that uh, are in the pages of your magazine, and the next question that I've written down is about um, how you find contributors, and regarding the theme because each issue mm. that you do has a certain uh, theme to it mm. and I'm wondering which comes first and how you um, so if you have a theme first then how do you go about finding uh, contributors hmm interesting one because it's been it depends on on, on where we've gone mm -hmm. like with the last issue it was definitely uh, it came from a very specific contributor that I wanted to feature and then the theme emerged from this contributor and then I stuck with it even though actually we had a disagreement as, as you know, yeah, yeah. You, you didn't agree to it instead because you didn't get it and I said, oh, no, no, I definitely wouldn't do it and we had a bit of a disagreement on it and I think that was important but like and that story is more or less still my one of my favorite stories in the magazine the one that we went with first because that was like the initial I guess like ground for right. and we is this just, issue two or three? Uh, three yeah. yeah and we got very lucky because like somebody <laughs> ironically the person I wanted to feature and, and, and have a shoot with 
literally somebody else had already had a shoot with them and we were like okay amazing we can take that work and and you know and do an interview and so it just works out and then from that point of view we kind of like found everything else to kind of suit that if that makes sense which is maybe a bizarre way of working but it kind of really worked for for no whatever works but I'm also interested in how it was because I did say which one comes first because I totally Mm -hmm. understand how it can uh, go from one piece to setting the tone for the yeah uh, oh this was definitely a, you, uh, you had yeah. one piece and one idea that aligned with somebody else executing that idea and then you're like okay that is setting the tone and then we went lighter we went darker we went as kind of as far as we could um, and I think we're kind of proud of the result for sure like in the beginning you were skeptical because I think we were scared um, be- I think it was yeah. we we came off the the back of our second issue, which was uh, themed around love, sex, and gender. Yes. And then the third issue was uh, the, the overarching theme was uh, the body as a canvas and the body as a tool. Yes. And I think uh, what kind of happened, and, and you know, when you're when you're making a magazine, it's it is really important, particularly if you are working as a team, which I think does it makes you stronger because you can view things from different mm-hmm. perspectives. Is I think I had a very reductive view, mm-hmm. um, which was, okay, well, we've just done love, sex, and gender. Anything to do with the body is going to hit those same mm-hmm. themes. And I oh, think, so you were like trying to go somewhere completely yeah, new, so think, to speak. I think I really wanted to push in a different direction so that we didn't repeat ourselves. And actually what I think happened is uh, Anna kind of had this deeper vision Hmm. um, that worked its way through and to be honest as soon as we kind of started getting the first few things through like submissions or commissions it really clicked for me and then as soon as we were on that it it made sense but there's there's always that chance and I think if you're working alone on on a magazine it, it can be quite easy to kind of brush something off because you think oh no we've done that or it's done before but it's like one of the most interesting things is you can explore topics in so many different ways and even if mm. they sound somewhat similar yeah they can take you in 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 a completely different direction which which they did with our third issue with the third the but, but it was interesting with the second one, i guess because the first one was just like home and we decided to like focus again it was focusing on latvia it was focusing on you know a very specific region um and then with the second one we extended that and then i think the theme came and this is the worst part i can't actually remember like how we arrived at it I can't remember if we found... No, we definitely didn't find the talent first. I think we arrived at the theme first, somehow. And I think it came from a point of wanting to address things in society that were not being addressed. And with the third one, we're a bit more like, yeah, we'll address them. But we already have established ourselves well enough to, you know, kind of do it in a more subtle way. But with the second issue, I think we were like, okay, let's look at what... Like, in, in terms of, like, the region we're representing... Uh, let's look at what issues are not being spoken openly about what is not being addressed and then I think we found the talent that would suit that the best and I think that yeah. that kind of comes back to what we were talking about earlier in, in terms of like being this magazine that wants to represent this uh, community in this area but simultaneously like while we have a connection to it we live outside of it yes mm. and so 
the daring or the or the ballsiness to say, you know what, we're gonna take a look at issues around gender um, and sexuality, which you know at the time were maybe not necessarily being discussed in in ways that you would consider over here to be kind of open and welcoming. And we had the benefit of being outsiders mm. in that instance. Mm-hmm. There are other publications over there that, you know, they, they do discuss, they do whatever, but we we had complete carte blanche to just be like, in, yeah. a, in a horrible way, when we're, we're not going to be affected by it. So, yeah. right, I, I, I guess it doesn't that. matter. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, like, in the best way possible, it doesn't matter because what we say is what we say. You like it or you don't. Like, at the end of it, because we're also sold independently via social media and then also in some shops, but independent mm-hmm. shops. Yes. Honestly, it doesn't matter. Like, nobody can kind of take us out or, mm-hmm. you know, put us away from it. Um, and I think also the beneficial part is like in a smaller community or in a smaller kind of country, you always have people who. Like there's different groups of people. Uh, they kind of like they don't even notice it, but people group themselves. So it's like yeah. you know, there's those people, those people. Like I'm in me- high school, like like, like, like an American high school movie. Actually, like American <laughs> high school movie. And like we had love for you. We don't know and we don't care. So yeah. we're gonna pick that person from that place and that person from this place and this other person and we're gonna put them all together hmm. because that makes sense to us. And it's like it's almost like kind of picking the pieces and like that's how we also do our. I guess our selection work is that we we do not care in terms of like it, it doesn't matter to us like where it comes from or why or da, da, da. it's more like about creating the full product which we see yeah. or like our vision is and that has been very freeing I guess probably that situation works in a kind of art I don't want to say artistic integrity but mm-hmm. like it's not like a groundbreaking statement that most big publications just publish people based on a lot of other criteria, well, yeah, let's say. Oh, yeah. What's you know, going to be popular, what are the silly advertisers? And the yeah. thing that you describe about uh, people that group themselves, mm. and what you said earlier about a community there, it's like a small country that everyone kind of knows everyone else. Yeah. It's the same in Greece, and I know yeah. how it works. And that idea that you're away from it, mm. it feels to me like you're... It's easier to see the artistic merit over who knows whom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to say it very plainly. Two issues where the theme came either first in one instance and then Mm. uh, kind of second, so to speak, in the other. Mm. What, What would be like one of... What was the biggest kind of difference in your perspective, but in a way that's like, did one work better than the other in terms of, let's say, issue four, would you prefer setting the theme first and then looking out? Or would you prefer just seeing like, uh, being on the lookout for whatever's interesting and then, oh, this is interesting, is there more of it that we can make a magazine out of? From, 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 from my point of view, I do think that what we kind of have the opportunity to do as as an independent magazine mm. as opposed to you know something that is published more regularly it's like there's a, there's a reason why the monthlies and the quarterlies you know they have a they have a set structure because they need to fill that content no yeah, matter yeah, no absolutely. matter what happens yeah, 
I think that having a theme and something you want to explore, you know, we, we obviously look at thing, everything through the lens of like, what's going on in, in Eastern Europe in, in that kind of creative scene. And so to explore a theme within that, naturally to me at least, makes complete sense because it's like, you know, we can, as we did in the first issue, look at how people relate to or understand or represent their home. Mm-hmm. Second issue, again, the exact same set of criteria, but whether it's their love, their, their sexuality or their gender, and then in the third issue, through the body in different ways, I think having that framework, while there's a chance that it might alienate some potential readers because they're like, I'm not interested in the body or I'm not. For those that do resonate, it hits a lot stronger to get, you know, 140 pages exploring this one thing from multiple different angles rather than, you know, all right, we've got two great interviews about sexuality and then two articles about travel and then one about food. It's not, it's not why we got into uh, showbiz, <laughs> into, <showbiz>. In, into <laughs> making a magazine. Yeah. It's like we wanna, we wanna see how people explore things through their, through their art or through mm-hmm. their craft. Yeah, and it often helps to kind of just have a little bit of a framework to to compare and contrast things to. But in terms of how you get to that framework, which was, I guess, the question is, I think the most authentic way to get to a framework is to just observe, to take a pulse on what is mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. And I'll be honest, like in terms of how we do the third issue, which is like, you take a pulse and you're like, okay, this thing, mm-hmm. I can really feel it. That's what's going to work. And then you build everything else around it. I think that is the best That's way. That's the best way. Because it's also going to be more, I'll be honest, more authentic, more interesting. Because you don't just like decide, oh, we're going to do, I don't know, the mind issue. And then you're like, oh, now I have to find people who are struggling. Like, nah, you're rather do like you take the pulse on something that's already happening yeah and you're like okay so i'm gonna build the stories around what's already happening and i'm gonna you know so definitely in that sense yeah and it also sounds like a more open kind of uh point of view where you mm. you are open to a theme that you probably like maybe you, you, you wouldn't have yet. thought of it yourself mm. but you see that there is something happening mm. in, in Latvia, Lithuania, wherever, where you may not have thought that it could be a thing, but it's... But it is. But, but it is already, mm. and then you set the theme that way. Um, Will mentioned uh, the audience mm. a bit, like, oh, I'm not answering gender, how, yeah. however you said it. Um, and I'm interested in how, like, to put it in the most kind of simple way, mm-hmm. who, who reads who reads Yesga? But but more importantly, who did you think was going to read it before you published your first issue? I think we're. Did ex- you think about that? Yeah, we did, but I think we were extremely naive in the beginning. Uh, in the beginning, we were 
extremely naive as to who we thought is gonna read it. We we're like, yeah, it's like it's the people like us who like wander around London. <laughs> like it's in you know, London, they go to the shop and they pick up a magazine and they want to pick up our magazine. Like it was, it was complete naivety. Yeah. And the reality is, it's the community, and it's the community we built around it. And it's like most of our orders come from the community that we built the magazine around. And that's right. like the kind of tip I would say to more or less everyone and anyone who wants to create a magazine it would be like build a community or understand what your community is mm. because if it is just like I don't know people who like magazines which that was our honest naive intention people who like magazines yeah, yeah. well it's ain't gonna work <laughs> I think I think that's completely understandable and mm. uh, I think when like a similar thing happened with me where the initial, like the starting point of Pandora was probably best described as a literary magazine, air quotes. Mm. And then, who is the audience? People who read! <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously, who else? I mean, yeah, but, but then, you know, like, mm. in the next year, two years, that, that became clear that the people who read is not a real category. It's, it's not specific it, enough, and it's like the more... It's not specific enough, mm. but it's, it's also, like, it put me in a difficult position mm. to navigate where where we're going towards. Mm. Um, so, obviously, I, after three issues, you have a much better idea of who your audience is. Hmm. Um, I think you can expand your audience depending on what you do with distribution. And I think this is where we've been really lucky. Yeah. Because our distribution, because we've been able to have a good, relatively good distribution, and we're really excited about now that potentially going to States and stuff, yeah. which is oh, amazing. Nice. But because we're placed in, you know, really, really good shops in London, yeah. it's given us an audience that we wouldn't have gotten if we were on our own, obviously, clearly. I mean, of course, um, that's the point, but no, I, I'm wondering more, so distribution is interesting mm -hmm. because you said that the community is more, is where the audience yeah. is. Can you say more about that? But also keeping in mind that an initial goal, so to speak, of the magazine was to bring the mm. these artists that are un, yeah. th they are underrepresented in mm. in London, for example, mm. in the UK in general, and in other places, you want to uh, get them more attention. Yeah. And you are stuck in London. You are stuck. Mm. Uh, so you're stuck here, but you're also stuck in Latvia and Lithuania, mm. um, Europe. Some you know like. What else are you stopping? You're, you're stopping in Amsterdam at the Singapore. The shop where I've been yes. a few times yeah. and I can never really remember it. Centrum. Berlin, yeah. Berlin. Berlin, yeah. Uh, so it's we we are yeah, yeah. There's a few places like we're in um, under the cover in Lisbon, which is like it's one of those shops that is like it's really well known on Instagram. Yeah, but yeah. You, you turn up there and it's like it's this tiny little shop, and it's the the guys who run it are absolutely amazing, but. And I think that's, mm. it's, it's just such a great thing to have these places that blow up on social and then you go and they're just like humans at the end of the day who yeah. are just like as passionate about magazines as, as you are. But I think it's in terms of like our intention for the magazine and then where we feel, you know, and I mentioned that our audience is actually quite strongly uh, the community that we've built. Yes. And, you know, it, it's kind of 
possible that you might say like, okay, but then how are you actually achieving your goal of expanding who sees it? And I think it's because we have a distributor mm. dealing with all of the stores in the UK, across Europe, some in Asia, potentially moving to the States. At the end of the day, when we finish uh, our run, and we recall our issues and, and we ask for the sales figures, we just see that as a number, like right. 100 here, 200 there, like whatever it might be. Okay. But obviously on a day-to-day -day basis, all of our direct sales, we begin to notice the patterns and those mm -hmm. patterns are very much like the people in um, Latvia, the people in Lithuania, Estonia, or the people who maybe uh, are from there but are living elsewhere yeah, in Europe, we see their names and, and write the envelopes by hand and mm -hmm. over time I guess we kind of assume that that's our main audience but I think that may well be It's the, a distorted picture in some ways because picture, Just because know. it's direct. Yeah, right. and okay. so we, we see that on a daily basis mm -hmm. but at the same time there's mm -hmm. probably the same amount of sales happening in uh, a shop in Amsterdam, yeah. in a shop in Bristol you know, and there are people who may or may not have some connection to Eastern Europe, or they may just mm -hmm. pick up the magazine in the shop and, and go, great, like, this looks interesting, uh, I'm happy yeah. to purchase it, bring it home and read it. Um, so yeah, I think it, it's probably a slightly distorted view as to what we think our audience is and what it actually is in terms of people who have it in, in their homes. But I mean, like, uh, one of the best examples is, um, I think one it's a cool example. It's a friend of one of my better friends who have picked up a copy of Jessica somewhere in London in a charity shop. Mm. And she had no idea that we were the people behind it. Oh, really? Yeah. And she loved That's it. Weird. Talking to my friend about it. Da, 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 and then turns out, right? And it's like, so that's, that's the level of reach where you're like, oh, so I did actually reach this person. Who I would have, you know, normally not, you know. So there, Wait, there, there are levels to it. Your names are on the thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, they're in the, they're in yeah, the but, uh, impression, oh. but you know, who who reads the impression? Yeah, who, who I, mean, I do. I, I mean, yeah. To, to be fair, to, I, to, I to do. To be honest, <laughs> of all the magazines I've like mm. read or picked up at a shop. 90% of what I've read is like, who made this and how did they? Yeah, yeah. How did, like, who's, who's their printer? Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Who's their yeah. printer? Where was it printed? Oh, but oh, I guess like, somewhere. actually, that's important to say is that like with the third edition, this is also the difference. We made a more calculated step, like who we featured, how we mm. did it. It was more of a calculated step to like, let's actually, I guess, take part in a certain conversation that we knew that we weren't taking part in before because we want to. The people that are not so well known in the magazine, we want them to be able to be next to pages of people who are quite well known. Oh, right, and like yeah, that's yeah. that's a step we took in issue three that we didn't in the first two. The first two were very like rogue in terms of like, you know, it wasn't a shop in London, but nobody had ever heard of any of these people. With issue three, we made a very specific choice. Like we're gonna actually feature people who you know, the, the person who's picking it, like, picking it up, like let's say this person interested in photography, they would have mm -hmm. heard of the person. Yeah. And like, that's also, that's also, I don't want to say a symptom, but it's a result of having done the first two issues. Oh yeah, but you we realized it's like, it's not as fucking naive as, 
you know, you can just go out and like push out your shit and people are going to love it. Like people actually need a hook. And, and this is what you realize after. And I think that's what we realized with issue three. You didn't need that hook. So yeah, we put somebody quite well known on the cover and in terms of like, you know, artists. And then, you know, that hooks people into actually yeah, you know, it, it's a better hook for and then you get the, the the artists that people maybe not know and also i think we did a lot of artists that are you know you again but this is what we've always done but like even more so we feel like now it's like people who you just know yeah instinctively it's, it's a lot of instinct you know they're gonna do well so that's right, why you yeah, kind of yeah. get them on but like it's more to say like look these people definitely deserve a chance. And if you can give them that extra push, like that's what it's all about. And then you also put like different levels of talent, I guess, next to each other. But you curate it so that all the content has the same. Everything feels on the same level, even if, you know. Yeah, you, maybe somebody's you, reached further than. Yeah, you have a more unknown creative next to someone who is already like. Gallery represented, well, more or less. Represented yeah. kind of thing. And mm. I think it becomes quite a quite an important thing to kind of understand that you can put together a bunch of unknown up-and-coming talent and that is a great thing to be doing and, and more people should but at the end of the day like you, you will eventually need to bring in a few people who can grab the eyeballs of the people who yeah, want to yeah. have eyeballs on the unknown um, otherwise you're just like sharing in a circle around to everybody's friends um, you need a little bit of something extra to help elevate everyone I think hmm. can I ask just like a quick question what were like time frames that you worked on the different issues like how long did issue one take issue two issue three <laughs> You don't need to get into your whole like breakdown. Oh. Just <laughs> uh, the first, the first two issues, hmm. we did them both in about six months. Hmm. Um, we we kind of I would say, I would say we had the idea for the first issue in summer of seventeen or eighteen, twenty eighteen maybe, and then within. Then maybe a couple of months later, we started working on it properly. Yeah. And within about six months, we had the issue out. Yeah. And then the second issue, we pretty much finished the first. It went out. We spent a month or two kind of promoting it and selling it before we even got started. So we actually kind of turned the second one around in about four, four and a half months of... Also, between publication of issue one and two there was a six month in total yeah oh that's yeah, yeah. that's amazing and then because we had this idea that if you're going to be biennial that's what you need to do right yeah you just need to do it, it doesn't matter you just need yeah. to do it i guess some ways the results suffered some ways it didn't but that's why also like we went away from it like with the third issue we spent nine months on it. Nine months, yeah. So yeah. you took more time for Oh, we took and... more time and we walk away from it now being like, we're happy with it. Like, of course, there's yeah. things would change. So I think we kind of met each other first when issue three was just like freshly out, I remember, but 
no in production in production I think it yeah. was coming to the coming to the right. tail end of yeah. production because we so, released yeah. June yeah. June this year and I remember that the first thing you said about it to me was that you are much happier with issue 3 than you yeah. were with the mm. first 2 which you know what I said you at the time was like it makes sense because yeah. you do something and you, you get better at it um, but you also take your time and it's like we took our yeah. time and that was for the better bit yeah I have a question here that just says what happens with, between issues um, <laughs> uh, yeah. but I want to combine it a bit, a bit with the audience because I found your answer interesting because print magazines now have um, I think a much better understanding of who their audience is than mm. 30 years ago because of the internet. Because mm. you you do your magazine, but you have a website, you have mm. social media, yeah. and people follow you on there. You have content on the website. So what what the, what's the content on the website as well? Do you do you do more content between issues? But also, how much do you know about your audience based only on those? I I would say that we do kind of have a, a somewhat natural ebb and flow when it comes to the online version of the magazine and and it makes sense is when we're in the throes of print production yeah the, the online the, yeah. output kind of drops off um but i think the the benefit of online and you know we, we do use it while we're while we're making the magazine, but it's it's the whole it, it all comes back to what I originally was talking about in terms of like the magazine is is not about scrolling through yeah. and ignoring. It's like you you take the time and you sit down and and because of that we also curate it differently and it everything we put on a page. It's printed and it's there forever, so it needs to feel somewhat timeless. Whereas online, we do have the opportunity to, you know, write about exhibitions, write about events that are mm. happening, something write that is, about yeah, yeah, yeah. something that is more current and on the pulse. Mm -hmm. and, and we still try to have the same kind of curatorial and editorial standards of writing yeah. and imaging. But we don't have to fit it into whatever theme we're working on. Yeah, and if somebody approaches us with with an article or a lookbook or whatever it is, and it is about something that's happening now, obviously that's great mm -hmm. because it means that people who are interested in finding out more about it, they'll click through. They become a reader of the online magazine, and by the time we have a print magazine coming out... They buy that as well. They're, yeah. yeah, they're interested yeah. in it. Um, yeah, it's it, it's one of those things where it's like, it, it just, each one feeds off the other. There are gonna be some people who read our online articles because they've read the print issue, and there are gonna be some people who read the print issue and then begin to follow us on social and thus they read more and but I think the hardest part is like when and, and this is like the best distinction ever it's like when you do a print issue it's a focus project you're like okay there is a deadline there is this there is that so you like you work really focused and I mean really focused and you give it your all with online, the problem is that it's continuous. Yeah. And then if you do not get paid for it, which obviously we do not, it's completely off your own back. Yeah. 
Because at some points when you get extra busy, extra hectic in in your projects, whatever, yeah. suddenly you have not done anything with it for a while. And, and you kind of like, you berate yourself for it and sometimes you're like, but but I'm doing it, you know, there's nobody asking yeah. me to do it, I'm doing it off. So it's oh, like, yeah. it's that balance is so, so difficult because with the print issue, you get like this, because there is a clear timeline and clear deadline that you set for yourself, because you know what, if you put this amount of work, you have to finish it. Right, yeah. but online you don't have to do anything. It can just exist. You can do nothing. You can sit there, and it's like that. I think is the balance that we struggle the most with. Is that like ideally we would like to put out fucking three articles a week at least, yeah. and do social every day, and yeah. and like people keep writing and people keep submitting. And it's like, but the problem is that you just well, you, you have to work have to, on all that. You have to work you, on all that, and just, you don't have the yeah, capacity. Absolutely. And it is horrifying because like what we want to do. It doesn't resonate in what we're actually doing and I think it's about finding I guess the time and the funding potentially to actually do what we want to be doing because like we generally have an amazing you know sense of ideas and like I think we could be a great contribution in a lot of the ideas that we have but the problem is that like yeah it's the time and the so we don't have an issue per se in terms of online and print balance I think we understand the difference in our like in our project but yeah. it's more the time and the resources i guess yeah because uh, like like most people working in independent print we have we have our own jobs yeah know? of course no one does this nobody, as a, yeah. nobody does it for you're time not making the living out of it yeah unless you're super lucky and you you can get those big boy advertisers who can cover everything even then you know you're, then, you're, you're not gonna get them like immediately and like exactly. I say immediately what I really mean is you're not going to get them within five six seven years yeah. yeah this is like realistically speaking mm. um, it's interesting because you were talking about three articles a week and that you have to keep on doing it I think I don't know do you get messages like hey are you still around because I did I did I oh did God, I did no. that I did um, 2018 mm. for over eight months we published uh, three non-fiction articles uh, so it can oh, uh, to, to do with any any t- topic about mm. arts literature film reviews film analysis whatever uh, three a week plus two pieces of fiction Saturday and Sunday for eight months at the end yeah <laughs> so, and, and I, I I contributed to that quite a bit myself so I wrote mm. for it um, mm. I did a lot of book reviews at the time and I edited everything myself and mm. took all the pictures myself and at the end I burned out and then I got pictures I'm, I'm is Pandora still around? Shocked. I'm shocked that doing that much work led you to burn out yeah like. at the end <laughs> I, I, I couldn't read any more submissions they kept coming in I think it's it's, it's, a, it's a very natural thing though because and, and we, we, I, I was just overly ambitious. Like yeah, I, I wanted, yeah, but, I, I wanted something, but then. I, but you have to be. I think I was a bit naive in that I could do it all myself, and the, yeah. the reason why, like, I would, I would love some help. It's just that the circumstances at the time didn't it's, allow. It's the thing of, and it's, it's such a bizarre thing, and it kind of comes back to what you were saying earlier, Anna, about like the fact that maybe the project hasn't pushed us personally as, as far as we maybe the people we feature and it's 
as soon as you go down the route of saying, I'm, I'm going to do this project and it's going to be Yeska Magazine, it's going to be Pandora Magazine, it takes on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You, like, people talk about Yeska and, you know, I, we get probably one or two a month emails from students across Europe who are like emailing us and they're like, hi, you know, I really like what you're doing. Um, I'm doing a three month Erasmus and I need an internship. Oh yeah. And we're just there like, (laughs) we are not an office. We do not have this. We are, you know, we are working on this maybe two nights a week obviously if we're in the middle of a print thing it's like fucking oh, yeah. seven seven nights a week plus yeah. Saturday Sunday but <laughs> you know and that's no that's no fault of theirs because the way that we choose it must to present be ourselves yeah. of course it's flattering but it's like we're choosing to present ourselves as a magazine because it obviously gives hmm. it gives a credence to what we do it gives a respect but it is what it is and it, but it I, is I don't mean it is what it is. I mean, like, that's what it is. It is a magazine. You're yeah. not, like, pretending it is. No, we're not pretending it is, but it's like, I think but, uh, people People think that the magazine yeah. is a bit bigger it's a, than... It's a big, well-old indie, indie magazines yeah. are... I have been on both sides of that, because when I was doing my master's in publishing, uh, one module was uh, we needed... An, work experience an internship yeah. and then I wasn't I was studying in Edinburgh and I contacted this publisher called Charco Press mm-hmm. whose niche is translated uh, South American literature and I contacted them it's like uh, I contacted a lot of publishers in Edinburgh mm-hmm. and one of them was Charco and I I emailed them like we're doing like I'm doing the masters we need to do this I was wondering whether you have something and um, Carolina who has the publisher uh, so that was also run by a couple uh, mm. and they were like we don't really we're just running it from our kitchen table like we don't really have that space and then this was in uh, 2018 and now Charco is winning awards everywhere and they've grown so big and I'm like that's oh my god so that's so amazing, amazing. and yeah. I wish I could have been like a bit a part of that but also I have been on the side of random people from like different places like from like India and Mm. Argentina and and they're assuming you're a big corporation and they're asking me like do you have any positions available what are you talking about there's a position like I don't know make me a cup of tea that's the best I can offer it's like I have I don't think uh, like we are not what you think we are (laughs) (laughs) there's one last topic that I wanted to talk about um which is the you start off because again I'm like mm. I am focusing on how a magazine starts mm. uh, because after a bit you get the hang of it whatever the the beginning is the most difficult part mm-hmm. yeah and for in in my opinion the most difficult part in an indie magazine is that you have no money yeah and you need money because yeah. it's not going to print itself. Uh, you need to pay contributors. You need to, I don't know, maybe pay for advertising if you choose. So, mm-hmm. um, and you did a Kickstarter for your first issue, right? Yeah. Yeah. First, first. How did you? And second, yeah. And second. Oh, I yeah. thought it was just first. Okay. So, how did you approach the first one? Be- again, just focusing on that. Like, how did you set goals and what were your expectations? <sighs> 
it's it feels like such a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really. I think we we did what anyone would do, and we did our research, and mm-hmm. we spent a good few days, weeks looking at Kickstarter, looking at other magazines, and going like, okay, what what are they offering? And what are what are the ways that you know they're enticing people to spend a little bit more, which obviously goes goes to, goes to helping. Yeah. Um, obviously, at that point where we're you know running a Kickstarter to to fund the magazine, we can't just ask for a random sum of money. So it's like, okay, what? Oh, you have what, to calculate. Yes. What's the print cost? Yes. What's everything? Like, what is everything we need to do? And I think that also kind of tied into the fact that. We started off our social accounts and, and we built a buzz for probably like three or more months beforehand. Because if you just go, hey, yes. I'm starting a magazine, yeah. I'm thinking about it for six months, but then I'm going to run a Kickstarter in September, but I'll start my Instagram account in September to promote Yeah, no it's one's like, going to be there to see it. Yeah. You've got fucking your mum, your dad, your cousin, <laughs> and like two colleagues and a girl that you went to school with who doesn't actually like you. Well, but come on, this that is, is essentially... This is way too specific now. Yeah, yeah, but that is exactly the group that we did have, plus a few extra people. Plus a few extra. Yeah, and it's like we were... I think we were... I mean, if you can build... A f- Freaking big audience beforehand, then do it. Then great. Because like obviously we started so small, and it's like we put a lot of our own like, and this is the funny part, a lot of our own money that we didn't actually have towards it. Oh yeah. And it's like, and this is an important thing as well because like you have studios that put money behind print projects that are like you know this money that they have yeah. we put money that we didn't have yeah. and we are still struggling with that as a consequence right and but I think like for us we're just like so bound by the stupidity of like we just really 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 want to make this happen it. and I think it's also like in our age which is you know mid 20s whatever it, it didn't matter like even if you fuck up it doesn't really matter yeah, uh, you that. can do it and you can put your money towards it the money you don't have to put towards <laughs> it and it's gonna be fine and we had people supporting us but definitely not as big as amount. like again if you were somebody who's already known in certain circles and ask for that support yeah. you would build yeah, yeah. that support and the kickstarter quicker yes so i think it depends where your starting point is if your starting point is from nothing then i probably would suggest like start really freaking small it's like i think also um, our print run our print like was, uh, like spec was just too good for what for, you know, for, we didn't need to do it that well but i think like we were all like we do 100 percent we do nothing yeah. and i think that was our problem but also our and i think if, if you're point, a, i guess if you're the kind of person who has an idea and they really believe it works well in print but you really don't have money there are you know there are ways to do it that there's no shame in going okay we're gonna do it issue zero and it's gonna be a zine we're gonna oh yeah no. a lot of people have done that yeah and we're gonna we're gonna go to newspaper club and we're gonna print you know 50 copies on newspaper stock it's gonna be 24 pages and it's gonna cost us two pounds a copy mm-hmm. and then we're going to give it out to some mates and we might not make a profit but that also yeah. becomes this environment where you can 
have that chance to explore, mm. fuck up and learn from it. Yeah, yeah. Far better to do that than spend thousands of pounds on a print run, do things wrong, and then realize, oh, because I did this wrong, I can't make any of this money yeah. back. And it's it's not about turning a profit, it's just like, you need to cover those costs. Yeah, like, ideally. Yeah. Break even. Yeah, basically Start even, smaller, I guess, is the main... Yeah. Start smaller or, like, kickstart in a way where, like, you know your audience, you know who you're aiming mm. for, and your community, and... Yeah, I think those are the two. And, and I, I would say, like, definitely, like, that there is no point. Like, if you're going to make a magazine, do not make a magazine about a general issue. Because then mm. fuck from the beginning. A general issue. Like, yeah. just, in, just in don't the, don't bother. Like, in an ironic way, if you want to reach an, a wider audience, it's going to narrow, be specific, to narrow yeah. down. Be specific. Be specific. Don't be ashamed yeah. of your passions. Don't be ashamed yeah. about your specific kind of wants and needs and, like... Because, yeah, exactly. Like, the more an hour you get, the better you're going to go. And, yeah, in terms of, of, of money and printing it, like, we were just stupid. Again, this is, <laughs> like, we... I think this whole project was based on pure naivety and stupidity. And it's, like, in a way, I mean, that is the best a, thing you can have. It's not a bad thing, though, mm-hmm. at all. No, 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 no because, like, you're... I realize in, in this episode, I haven't quoted any stand-up, so let me say this. Uh, (laughs) We were so close. (laughs) Tad Noswald has a joke that goes like this, and this is Mm. like early 90s, where it goes like, imagine like the weirdest kink you have, like Mm. your darkest fantasy, the thing that you wouldn't say to like your wife of 40 years, Mm -hmm. like any of that. There's a whole magazine devoted to it. And that's all it is. And the thing that you think is so dangerous and so fucked up and so unique, there's a staff of people that has to crank that thing out every day. And they could not be more bored by the thing that you think is so dangerous. That is fucking beautiful, man. It's their day job. Yeah. yeah. And that's my team is going to do the best. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So just uh, make yeah. your weird kind of king porn and yeah. someone will buy it. It's fine. No, but I think I'm a bit scared as well. So like, there's no point being scared of making those mistakes or being scared of putting that money in because like, at the end of the day you do it and, and it's fine. And at least you created something. And I think that that is, is something about print. You create it and it's freaking sticks <laughs> like no, you might hate it because it sticks and you're like what is this shit that I made but like it sticks yeah for better or worse it's, there, for, better it's worse. there for good though and it's there for good and you know you know what else are gonna put your money against I guess that you know it's just nothing else is as worthy I think that and something that you created with your own mind and creativity and hands and yeah. like it will be there so oh yeah you, 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 you print your first magazine and providing it's not printed on newspaper stock, or maybe even if it is, you're gonna die. And there will be copies yeah. floating around somewhere. Yeah. And that's kind of beautiful. That's kind of cool, yeah. I'm gonna be quite honest, I'm very tempted to cut the episode that you're gonna die. <laughs> like, Do it. Just, Do it. I'm, oh. Um, yeah. I think this is a very nice and natural end to mm. this conversation, and I think it's, it was very informative and a nice way to contrast 
the process we've been describing in the other episodes mm. about our issue. Mm. And I don't know if, like, I, the last things you said, I think, were very nice end notes, but if you have anything else to add. No, no, I think, I think death is a natural end. Death is so Let's do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, do creation it. leading to death. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna die anyway, so. You might as well. Make a magazine. Might as well. Like, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I think I think key thing is uh, thanks very much for yeah. uh, taking taking the time. To no, thank you for us and being then. this being here and like doing this conversation with me and it's also very nice to talk about these things mm. as an added bonus may even be like practically useful mm, you know yeah. uh, because we're in the middle of it right now yeah. and so the key thing at this stage scrap those notebooks get google sheets going and choose the right printer spreadsheets i don't know choose the right printer a part of me feels like if i don't write it with a pen on paper it's it doesn't not exist. it doesn't exist write it down on paper first then put it yeah, in yeah, yeah. oh um, I, I do that regularly yeah. i do that very regularly <laughs> All right. But, um, yeah, if, if anybody listening wants to wants to follow us on social, find out what we're doing, uh, you can find us at, at Yezgamag, which is J-E-Z-G-A-M-A-G. Yes. Follow Yezga and see you next time, I guess. <laughs>